0: Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at the Impact Wales we're and Jane and every week we bring you the very best okay. professional learning to help make an impact in your school. Our guest today is Steph Robinson who's head of geography at Pencoitra High School down in Barrie uh, who's author of the book Cricken for Wales Geography by from Hodder and the SIG for geography and facilitator of the National Network Conversation. First of all Steph welcome great Thanks to see well. you. For those of you who are Um, looking at the little little video on twitter a a little advert you can see we've also got an extra guest uh, (laughs) but those of you who are just listening on podcast you will have to go to twitter to see who it is yes somebody looking over Steph's shoulder so welcome Steph it's lovely to have you on the podcast lovely to talk to you first of all um, so that listeners know who we're talking to can you tell us a little bit about uh, what brought you to the point where you are right now
1: in your in your career being involved with the national network distant conversations? Well, I've been really fortunate, I guess, through you know my time as a pupil back in Pendra Harvard in Swansea, had some fantastic teachers that really sort of paved the way for me to get to where I am today, really, and a chance to literally sounds cliche, but to give back to other people where I was very fortunate myself with the teachers that I had. Um, been a teacher for 19 years across five different schools, so seen. You know, lots and lots of different types of schools, faith-based schools, socioeconomically deprived, affluent schools. I've seen the whole spectrum and, again, been very sort of fortunate and blessed to have done that. Um, been a head of department for 10 years. You mentioned, nice plug, thank you very much, Finn, about my book, which is coming out as part of the Hodder Curriculum for Wales Humanities series. So that's coming out next month, and that was a real privilege to have been involved in that. Um, and then got involved in the National Network uh, through the HUB, and obviously requests and taking up requests for being involved and have done two meetings facilitation unfortunately I couldn't do the one last week because uh, like most of my department we had some illness going on but um it's been an absolute pleasure to be you know involved up to this stage really and to have had many many different hats on i think you'll find out in this conversation
0: indeed so so
1: we wanted to talk to you about the National Network Conversations.
0: So this is um, uh, an initiative that's been started by Welsh Government to get professionals together to talk about things. So tell us a little bit more about um, how it's all worked and what, what happens in these conversations.
1: Well, the National Network is really about bringing together like minded practitioners, uh, you know, on a range of different issues. We started off obviously looking at curriculum for Wales, which is the big mm-hmm. e moment and there have been subsequent ones about qualifications reform and lots and lots of different sort of ideas that Welsh Government are looking to get practitioner boots on the ground feedback about. So I've been really fortunate to have been involved in you know a handful of these so far. We've got co-facilitators, and there's lots of little, quite interestingly, subgroups that go on within these facilitation groups. So it's not just the people that you see when you join these meetings on the day. There's a lot of on the ground feeding back to Welsh Government and people working behind the scenes lots of sort of different resource-based groups research informed knowledge informed groups and everyone sort of just looking at lots of different angles for the national mission (laughs) feeding back to Welsh Government accordingly so there's lots and lots of things that go on behind the scenes that you maybe don't notice when you turn up to these facilitation meetings but a lot of hard work going on
0: so are there a, um, a set of questions that um, get asked and that prompt conversation? How
1: do they actually work? So there's lots of practitioners involved. So people like with the capital <coughs> Project, um, lots of sort of professors, Donaldson and so on. And from the higher level conversations, a range of bigger overarching questions come together with lots of sub questions almost like prompts if you like Mm -hmm. just like you would use in your classroom so we have a series of I'm not saying that they're scripted they're far from scripted but certainly guided prompts and conversations that if we don't ask those questions we're probably never going to get to the root of any problems that practitioners Mm -hmm. are facing so we have a range of what we call facilitation packs that we're given Uh, beforehand, so that's always given to us quite timely, which is good, because everyone's really busy. And then we have uh, what I like to call pre-game meetings, if you like, with members of Welsh Government and our co-facilitators. We go through little five-minute video clips that have been prepared for us, and a range of questions. And we sort of come up with what we think people are likely to say And then we look at maybe other questions that Welsh Government may not have considered because we are all practising teachers who are co-facilitators. So it sort of evolves and then we go back, we give them what we thought from the meeting. That facilitation back sort of evolves and it comes back to us in the format that we think is going to get what Welsh Government are looking for on the day. Because I know that when uh, Welsh Government set these up,
0: that there was a sort of narrative around... These meetings are going to enable practitioners to talk about all of these things, but also come up with solutions. So, mm. do you think that's that's actually happened in some of the sessions that you've had? Do you think the questions have prompted people to think about, well, what does it look like if this was solved? What would the solution look like?
1: I think what it's what it's done, and I was a little bit sceptical at first. Obviously, wearing two hats as a facilitator and a, a you know a practitioner at the moment, and I thought is this just going to be about a load of people sitting around a computer screen or a zoom call just talking for the sake of talking or are we going to get some tangible change out of it so Mm -hmm. I was a little bit skeptical but also really glad to have been involved from a facilitator point of view so I could actually try and literally move the discussion in the right way and guide people with whatever knowledge that I have Mm -hmm. so I was really quite pleased in that respect but I think we've As the as the conversations have gone on, we've certainly sort of alluded to ongoing problems that maybe Welsh government weren't aware of. Mm -hmm. But we've also been really good together as different groups of people. And sometimes you've been in the same meeting with some people who have ironically been on the same call as you, different head teachers. And they've signposted in a networking fashion, co-construction, if you like. They've signposted us as facilitators to things that they are using on the ground. So it's, it's, quite, it's been quite a really nice job to be involved with, if you like. Um, but it's also, I think, heightened and alluded to some problems the Welsh government maybe weren't aware of out there. OK, and I'm going to ask you a, a bit of a challenging
0: question here now, so uh, brace yourself for this. Can you give us an example of some of the problems that are out there? that maybe Welsh Government hadn't thought of, that um, you know, still problems as such aren't, aren't fixed?
1: I think in the early discussions we had with these facilitation meetings, I think it was a bit of a surprise perhaps, even to us as facilitators, that some maybe secondary schools were slightly further behind, maybe hadn't quite developed a vision because they literally okay. not know where to start from you know they've signposted people like yourselves in terms of how you come up with curriculum design and they found things like that really useful. But I think Welsh Government maybe thought, like some of us, that everyone was much further along than what they actually were, and some schools were struggling with even where to start, and that was perhaps A bit of an eye opener, really, but I think what it's really done is allow Welsh government to have eyes wide open with this is the reality of trying to roll out the first major initiative for something like twenty years in education. So it's been good to actually go back to them and say this is this is a real problem. How are we going to solve it? And you're always skeptical, I guess, sometimes with going back to maybe politicians and and saying look this is a problem and them going yeah 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 you know we'll fix it, but they have really genuinely over the course of the last year have been listening and they've had to listen I think and they have been genuinely quite good at saying right what are we going to do about this you're saying you're lacking in resources lacking in exemplification you don't know what assessment is supposed to look like because if the same people keep saying the same thing in every facilitation at some point you have to do something about it yeah and and
0: I think that that is a really good point that um the the national conversations are not just about like you say practitioners getting together and chewing the fat and coming yeah. over with the, the same things all the time that sounds to me like uh you've got a lot of welsh government officials in there listening taking that information back and i know that the you know we've had some resources out recently from welsh government that are obviously a response to that mm. I, I was going to say as well i think it's also useful that they're listening to a wider variety of people on the ground not just maybe the the head teacher groups you know it's a much wider spread of people who are participating in these in these groups as well is that something
1: you you think yeah there have been some really good sort of posters and things that they've advertised and sort of signposted on hub and they've obviously given us um a little bit of advanced notice at some of these things coming out things that have been mentioned in our pre-game meetings that mm. you know um things that have been mentioned at head teachers conferences that they've put some nice colorful pdfs together So there's lots of sort of ongoing signposting, which I think is the result of these conversations and these worry walls, as we call them, that we sort of formulate where people literally throw down anything that's worrying them about whether it's qualification reform, rollout, assessment, curriculum design, all of these conversations that have gone over the last six months or so i think welsh government are just really keen to make sure come 2023 people are not still sitting on the sidelines thinking i don't know how to start doing this
0: yes yeah, so, yeah. yeah and it, i suppose it does give you all an opportunity to learn from each other but in a way that's because I, I up until this point we've had the you know the pioneer um, sharing process which i think has always happened in quite a formal setting whether it's a, a presentation they're giving as part of a, a, a bigger event or whether they're being. Um, you know, they're sharing at um, some training or what have you, it always feels like, well, here's one I made earlier, but without the, you know, and this is where I started necessarily. It's like describing how it how it is when it's finished. So I think having that kind of informal opportunity to discuss must be really useful. But how how um, how much space is there for um, a kind of off piste discussion?
1: I think it's like any discussion, like, you know, if you chair in any meeting, really, um, there's always people that want to say, go off on one and sort of be seen to be perhaps overemphasising maybe some of the, the downsides of curriculum change and things like that. And what a good facilitator, a good chair, a good teacher will do is, as you know, ladies, you're both involved in education, you'll bring it back to right, that's a problem, what are we going to do about it, rather yeah. than a negative conversation. And I'll be honest, everyone that I facilitated either with or for, where that's sort of gone off into a little bit of a tangent, we've always been really good at pulling it back and going, right, so Jane, you're talking about curriculum design and time is a problem, to moderate with your colleagues. Has anyone got any suggestions how they've made that work for them in their cluster And head teachers and so on have been really quite forthcoming with saying well, this is how we've overcome that problem we had exactly the same worry as you're talking about right now. But in terms of going off piece, I mentioned this worry wall, I can see one on my my side screen now and. What we've been really good at doing is just saying, let's just slam it down on the worry wall. Let's put anything down that you think is an ongoing problem. We are going to feed that back to Welsh Government and see what else everyone is saying in these other multiple facilitation meetings. And if everyone is saying this is the same problem it's coming across several different meetings, we need to do something about it. And is
0: that the case? Are you finding that there are common themes coming across several different um, walls?
1: Yeah, I mean, the one at the moment, obviously the one I couldn't facilitate last week, but I've got all the notes from the meeting anyway, which I've been sent, is you know qualification reform and how does Curriculum for Wales lead into the 2025 qualification reform and making sure that it doesn't just end in Key Stage 3, but the whole onus behind and spirit behind Curriculum for Wales is seen to be continuing in the right fashion. And what, what staff are worried about, understandably, is things like loss of subject discipline yeah as to GCSE so that's been a genuine worry and,
0: and would you say that goes further beyond as well about the step into a level so we're not getting that gap widening
1: yeah and obviously it's a massive step up between key stage three to four and five and if everyone is teaching a curriculum in a particular way how are we still maintaining our subject specialism was a big concern towards key stage four and five and making sure children know they're taking a subject because of what they're going to be taught rather than this holistic view of everything are we still maintaining our subject discipline and discreteness and specialisms so that's something that came out last week for example previous things i can see that people have been you know he talks about common common threads Mm -hmm. is under the assessment documentation which has been ratified at the moment is where do you find time to moderate across clusters and families of schools where is there time to build in for that which is an expectation yeah. so these are genuine things that we've had to feed back in previous meetings to Welsh government and i genuinely hope that some good will come out of the conversations well,
0: do you know i was going to say that that it, it this is a, a tangible example of how welsh government are really really listening i mean they're they're Definitely seems to be uh, a kind of a space there for Welsh government to have said, right, well, we have got some real um, exploration of problems and issues from practitioners on the ground. So we've had that information. So to a certain extent, they now don't have any excuse for not addressing these so that there is space for them to actually address these issues and to do something about them. Can we just talk about the assessment um, side of things a little bit? Because I know that you did facilitate that one. What do you think were the key themes that were coming up here apart from qualifications reform?
1: Um, how you assess and what, you know, are going to progression steps. So if somebody has to explain or describe you know, yeah. in humanities, what that may look like to me and trying to get that consistency of approach from our primaries in terms of progression into secondaries and when those children come to us what does that look like you know so that was a big sort of concern as to how do you assess it yeah. can't be a checkbox or a series of tick box statements it's got to be the whole child the holistic across the whole of humanities for example mm. but making sure that we're in agreement with our primary colleagues and we have time to be able to to moderate for example okay. when that comes to us that was a big sort of concern that came out is a child could come to us on a progression step three for example yeah but you know is that really what we would consider a progression step three at secondary level by age 11 yeah look that consistency of assessment is a real concern and some people we've talked before about some people are buying in assessment programs Mm -hmm. some people are just using you know a downloadable spreadsheet so how there's got to be some sort of—I I don't want to say non-negotiables when it comes to curriculum for Wales, but there's got to be some sort of—I think—baseline that we all adhere well, this to. Is, this is one of the problems with assessment, isn't it? It's, it's, if you're assessing, like Welsh government says,
0: assessing your local curriculum, is you still need to have that that <clears> standardisation <throat> process so that you can compare? Yeah. Because, like you say, you know, if if we had if um, throughout Wales, if we had all through schools, and that's all we had to a certain extent it would be an easier situation because they would just be moving through their own school curriculum. But because we have this transition point between primary and secondary, and sometimes at other points when children mm. move schools, we have to have a comparison. So other than um, staff um, using buying in um, platforms or using a spreadsheet, was there anything, any other information that was coming through about uh, strategies that schools had used to do with assessment that that
1: would be worth sharing do you think I think one thing that came out of um in terms of this worry wall that I keep referring to is staff came up with some really good ideas and again it's this sort of networking co-construction which I think has been really beneficial staff were coming up with ideas of maybe have having which we've tried to set up at our school you know like a team's channel where you can drop um screenshots or pdfs and scans of different types of children's work and you could say well this is why it's fully annotated so that sort of exemplification of good practice really started to come out of the meetings and people just willing to share their emails their their addresses with each other and saying look come and visit my school see how we are doing it and when everyone is still a little bit shooting in the dark as to what it should look like to see that level of openness from people in meetings who've never met each other before was quite heartwarming and I think we see more and more of these meetings coming out now which means they must be working hopefully we just need yeah. to make the Welsh Government listen to what is being said and I, I'm sure they well I hope they will. I, th- yeah. I think one of the things that we, we we did a session yesterday with a with a school and we we always ask them a roundabout
0: assessment <laughs> what their worries and concerns and it does go back to that idea of accountability and how will schools how will teachers know that they've got it right because you know as professionals we really want to make sure we're doing it you know doing what we what we what we're doing in the classroom is right for the pupils in front of us but also how are we going to be judged on what we're doing that always sits right behind it doesn't it and I think is, is that a concern that's coming out in some of the groups
1: yeah and I think when you've always had sort of levels to fall back on and you know what level five looks like in geography or you know what level five looks like in English or maths you know, I'm just looking at some of the comments on the worry wall and things like the progression steps. I know staff mentioned in these facilitation meetings about having more content, more of a backstory behind what's in the progression steps. Again, it comes back to as practitioners exemplification of what does, you know, I can describe or I will do such and such. What does that actually look like in each AOLE? So that's also been fed back. And I I really... I'm I'm keen and eager to see if something evolves from that as to whether there's more of a backstory behind those progressions. There. Yeah,
0: because I think that's certainly a, a question or a concern that comes up whenever we talk about assessment with schools is and it's formulated in the kind of, uh, but the statements are so woolly. What mm-hmm. do they actually mean? What does that mean in terms of a child's work? How can you show progression because they cover this broad three year element of um, progress? And I think that there's lots of research out there about the difference between highly prescriptive uh, curricula with content in it and these kind of frameworks. And I know that there's been a trend internationally with frameworks being used more widely in, in various different countries. But I think going back to the point about this is a fantastic opportunity to make sure voices are heard, but also, like you say, to talk to colleagues and to have this kind of really supportive Opportunity to really talk about the issues of concern for you, but in a in a forum where Welsh government have access to that information, and I think that um, one of the questions we had down our list. And I know that you've talked about you know uh, Welsh government being in and out and all that, but I think it'd be really useful, interesting for our listeners to hear a little bit more about that. The what is Welsh government's
1: role in all of this? What parts of the process do they do they play? Um, Well, obviously, they sort of look at all the notes that we sort of type up on our facilitation packs, we send those back. So things like, you know, any concerns, any good practices out there, anyone that's willing to allow people to come and visit them, things like that. And then they go and have these sort of higher level uh, subgroups, if you like, that sit and work, you know, professors of university level and and so on. So they all sit and work together and then they say, look, this is what's come out. This is a common theme across the last seven meetings that we've had on uh, rollout for Curriculum for Wales. And then they go and sort of develop, there's like a resource development subgroup, um, an assessment subgroup, so um i'm dying to try and sit on some of these groups just so i can play i know i was going to say so who's on
0: the groups who's on the groups
1: you know i honestly don't know i think it's people much higher than than my pay grade so Um, is is that why some of those posts have come out
0: based on some of the feedback that have that's come back from previous sessions
1: yeah so there were some secondment roles which were advertised um all right okay the prince that that's it
0: I know that um, the head of Roth um, Roth Park Primary is it John, and I, his surname Keane. Um, yeah. but he's a, an advisor now, and
1: that's that's going to be his role, is it? Yeah, so he's doing that for two years. His governors have just released him to do that for next year. Um, so he will be one of those examples you mentioned, Finn, of those higher-level subgroups, right? You know, the cutting edge of pioneer work for people who've really had a you know a severely good impact on these facilitation groups who've been able to take ideas back to Welsh government with right. ideas of how to move forward. So, at least I guess you know, we're getting the right people in the right seats on the bus. And even people like myself was a, a dare I say, a lowly head of department. I'm not a senior teacher, but they've allowed people like myself to facilitate. And again, because I think we're quite good at leading and questioning and getting the best out of the conversations and not just being a talking head, I think yeah. they have been really good at allowing us to say, look, you know, so-and-so, Jane or Sean Edward, this is a yeah. real problem here. And they've been really good at just being able to email them and say, look, we're, we're concerned that this has come mm-hmm. out of the meeting. I think we really need to look at resources or exemplification. And they've been really good at just getting back to us about that. Whereas my concern was, would it just be lip service? Thanks for filling that in. See you yeah. next time. Yeah. Well, it, it might as well be recognition that, you know, yeah. curriculum
0: leaders and heads of faculty and those with, you know, the middle leadership within the school, those are the drivers, mm. those are the ones that are going to make or break curriculum for Wales, aren't they?
1: And I think they've recognised that, to be honest, Jane, and that's where, you know, I was always sort of um, cautious as to how many meetings would come out of these national networks, but as soon as they've looked at the notes, they've gone, we need another meeting on this, we need to know more about what they want in terms of assessment, and that's where these different headings of meetings have come out. So um, qualification reform was last week, rollout and assessment progression was the week before, month before. So they're quite keen to get as much information out of staff as possible. And they've they've certainly, in meetings I've had with them, they've not been sitting there going, oh well, God, we're not happy that's come out. We think that's a criticism. Yeah, they're yeah. taking it on the chin they're, it, yeah. and they're saying, we need to do something about yeah. this.
0: If you're enjoying listening to this podcast, you may want to know about Impact Plus. If you go to www.impact.wales, you will find all of our resources, professional learning packs, professional learning films, digital workbooks. Link to all of our podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got all of our um, sketch notes on there as well. And this is professional learning that makes sense. So it's research informed It's practical. It helps you and your staff make sense of uh, whatever it is that you're improving. We've got a really wide range of subjects, topics, content for you to look at, haven't you? What kinds of things have we got? Well, we've got professional learning packs on things like oracy, a retrieval practice, the science, science of, of learning, <laughs> bit of an echo there, Finn. Uh, but lots of things that, you know, you might want to be developing in your school. So if you're interested in finding out more, log on to our website. And as Jane said, that's www.impact.wales and click Impact Plus. So do you think
1: that this will be an ongoing process that will just keep on rolling over or is it finite? I think it'll keep on going. And even when it becomes obviously statutory, the main rollout and year mm. seven, year eight, and so on, I think they'll still be keen to gather information and obviously with the engagement visits with Estin. So they do a lot of work with Estin and, and lots of key partners, There's so many people seem to be involved. And I think that can only be a good thing from you know people on the ground to head teachers.
0: I know that they're still advertising for people to come and get involved in this so I think this is so important that if you want Welsh Government to hear your voice and your concerns and your worries that this is the forum to to get that done. I think it's one of those positives from from Covid if there are any positives Mm -hmm. is that you know would this have taken place if we hadn't had Covid you know it would have been those those big conference events yeah where it's you know, very difficult so often. to get your voice. And it's mu- you know, it's a much more cost-effective and much more efficient way of doing it because you get in a, an hour, hour and a half mm. of people. And, and I'm I'm assuming your facilitation group is just within the consortia region, or have you you go
1: that much further afield? Yeah, I mean, literally, it's people from lots of different yeah. sort of authorities involved. Um, you know, whether it's neathport albert Central South. Um, and what's been really good is it's been limited to around 12 people so we've had like yeah. several of let's say a progression facilitation meetings and there are several of them going on at the same time. But it's been completely and utterly non judgmental and people have mm-hmm. literally been able to come and say look I'm, I'm quite concerned about this, or this is working really mm-hmm. well for us and nobody's ever felt silly at saying anything in those meetings it's always been like oh thank god you said exactly exactly what I was thinking it's a leveler isn't it yeah completely Mm -hmm. Natalie and everyone has just been brilliant at coming together in a a collegiate fashion if you like well you know wouldn't it be fantastic if after our discussion and uh, our podcast goes out that
0: there's an influx of people to the the network meetings and they couldn't cope with the number of people who wanted to get involved with them because I think I know it's been really really difficult for staff with COVID and all of the pressures of work and what have you but you do get you get released to do this when when do they take place are they after school during school
1: uh it ranges to be honest so there's a range of sort of um dates and times and i've been really really lucky that my head and my governing body have released me to do this um because they obviously see the benefit of mm-hmm. a practicing teacher being involved who's also sort of you know flagship humanities aol he is driving it in our school at the moment so they've been like, yeah, great, as long as it doesn't impact upon like exam classes and so on. They said, yeah, that's great. You know, you can do 10 till 12. You could do a twilight. There's breakfast meetings they've held as well between oh, okay. 8 and so, so they
0: really are bending over backwards to make yeah. sure that everybody has the opportunity to have their say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they've just been really, really good at, you know, understandably trying to get this right because it's such a massive change mm-hmm. and I think everyone's just really concerned and everyone's got their own concerns at different parts of the national mission and qualification reform and curriculum for Wales. They are throwing, I think, the kitchen sink at this from the amount of meetings that you're asked available to facilitate and they have been grateful for, I think, anything that anybody is willing to try and do. So if I can't do you know one meeting I can do a twilight they're like that's great thanks very much Mm -hmm. but it's been a real eye-opener and I think for me personally quite a good experience oh yeah yeah it it
0: does sound like you've had the opportunity to talk to people and to explore ideas I I think the 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 kind of crux of this whole thing though is going to be what then happens with this information because I know that Mm-hmm. Um, there was a um, a resource that came out. Welsh government uh, published a resource. It was around about the head teachers conference time, wow. and it, it did look really nice, and it was much more navigable than uh, a lot of other resources, and it did bring everything together in in one place. But there wasn't anything of the the ilk that you're talking about, things like exemplification or practical examples, or so you know. We're still in a situation where it
1: would be nice if. Yeah I think we also got sight of that anyway um, just slightly before it came out um, just so we could have a look over it for future facilitation Mm -hmm. meetings and it did look really glossy really professionally produced lots of the key sort of signposts and signals that we had been pulling out of these meetings were there but again it's and I understand why they are perhaps holding back on giving too much exemplification because in the past it's been you know this is how you need to do it this is what it needs yeah. to look like this is when you've got to do it by so they're, they're trying to in keep with the spirit of the broad and balanced curriculum but as practitioners we're always taught to model 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 yeah and that's quite a hard thing and, to and, we're and we're so used to over the past number yes. of years to having exemplars yeah and examples of what to
0: do isn't it well it's good good teaching and learning is and this is professional learning is that you know if you want to know how to do something you need a replicable model first and then you can innovate once you've seen the basics you know the structure of the basics but it certainly sounds like welsh government are making the effort so it'll be interesting to see where this goes beyond the discussions and what comes from it and what comes from because I know that, you know, the the advisors that you mentioned um, who are going to be working at that higher level, they've obviously only just been appointed so that there's there's not much work, if any, has been done in that area yet. Yeah. So we, you know, we need to give it a little bit of time before we're going to see anything come from that. But it'll certainly be interesting as a kind of final point. What would you like to see, Steph, as a as a head of department, as a practitioner, what would you like to see come out of this?
1: I think, you know, things like what does assessment look like? So in the past, when we've levelled and we've moderated, they've always been sort of PDFs of this is a good sort of version of a level three or level four. So I think as the network, and I hope it continues, I hope it's not just a one-off sort of lip service. As that continues, I hope we see more good practice that is literally exemplified and people, you know, whether that's put on hub whether it's there's more meetings as COVID is hopefully going to one side, more face-to-face meetings where people can come together. And we hope Welsh Government will be the drivers of that through the consortiums, which is what staff have asked for. I hope it doesn't just come to an end once 2023 starts to roll out, because I think this could be the sign or the start of maybe the way to go, which maybe yeah. we've not had access to in the past. Um, so I just want to see more exemplification, more networking, and... And for me, it's been really nice where I think, you know, am I allowed to email the ministers I'm working with about this saying, can I have a copy of this? I think we could do with this. You never know what reply you're going to get back as if to say, or oh, should you be asking? But in fairness, I, I will speak as I find they've been pretty quick at coming back and going, that's coming out soon. Right. You know, going on to Hub. And right. I'm a direct line.
0: Yeah. A direct yeah. No. line to the, the horse's mouth. That would be fantastic. Well, do you know, Steph, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's been fascinating to hear a little bit of behind the scenes of these national networks. And you know, ending on a on an optimistic note, let's hope that this. New um, focus on listening to the profession in a really uh, focused way does actually lead to the kind of support that teachers mm. and uh, leaders across Wales need in order to make a difference. Because as teachers, we like to talk, don't we? We do. <laughs>
1: well, I hope i hope they continue down this road because it seems to be successful. Yeah. And I think you know the, the proof is in yeah. the pudding. It seems to be working, so let's hopefully keep it going. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much,
0: Steph, and we will hopefully speak to you soon.
1: Thank you for myself and David. It's been very quiet. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, ladies. Bye now.
0: Well, that was fascinating talking to Steph. That was. I do love Steph because we've we've worked with Steph for a long time now. And it's it's great to have that insight into what's going on. Absolutely. And I think that there's been lots of news about the National Network conversations and that teachers are being encouraged to go on them but I think it's it's really fascinating to hear how important they are and how direct the line of communication mm. is between them and Welsh government I think Covid is isolated in a way because I don't know some of the conversations that we've had about you know let's make sure you know teachers are very concerned about getting it right yes and doing it right for the people's but also being able to discuss with colleagues outside of your setting yeah to see whether you know you know are we where we need to be yes because you do get very isolated and I know from our let's talk assessment events which yeah. we started this time last year wasn't it oh gosh yeah. that that really opened up my eyes the number of people and we we sold out our tickets within well free tickets but yeah yeah we got we allocated allocated the tickets within it was like four hours which was ridiculous and it was i think 400 yeah 500 so that just showed to me that people really did want to talk about it because they had concerns and i think having that conversation and just that reassurance from somebody mm. in another school to say, yeah, we did it this way. You're do it that way. Oh, that's, mm. that's great. There isn't one right way or a wrong way. Yeah. It's just changing the mindset. Absolutely. And I think professional discussion is really, really important, mm. but I know that the national networks have been set up for something more than that. Mm. And I think what's going to be very, very interesting now is what actually happens with that information mm. because It does sound like Welsh government are very committed to listening to Mm. the profession and doing something with the information that the profession are sharing with them. But I think that next stage is going to be determined by uh, the quality of the knowledge, understanding and expertise of the people operating in that field. And that's going to be really, really interesting because I know know that the... um, Whilst I'm optimistic about the breadth of discussion that's happened and the the fact that Welsh government have listened, really heard, what bothers me a little bit, and I'm less optimistic about, is what's actually going to be done with it. Because you know, when we do um, presentations, when we're talking about the science of learning, we're talking about David Orsibell, and you know, what you know determines what you mm. can learn. Is that, and you know, what we were talking about last week in in is the curriculum for wales being anglicized is that in order to create an innovative solution to a problem you have to have the depth of understanding of that problem and i think that getting the right people to create those solutions that's now should and i'm sure it is the focus of welsh government i don't know they they are appointing people but who should they appoint i mean i know we've just had a discussion about this but the people who are creating those solutions they should be arranged they should be people who are actually working with this in the class. well I alluded to this, this didn't I? I said that you know curriculum leads in particular are the drivers yes they're the ones that are going to make the difference of whether curriculum for well middle leader yeah, is the success mm. or it isn't a success because those are the ones that have got that expert knowledge within the ALE or within the subject and they're Close enough to the classroom because yeah. they're in there yeah all the time to know the intricacies of of assessment. I think you've really got to have that understanding yeah.
1: to be making. You, those you've decisions. got to
0: have that kind of um, that breadth of in the classroom and um, a, a sort of whole school yeah. feel to things. A foot in both camps, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's that straddling both areas of mm. both day to day practitioner practitioners mm. and strategic. Mm. And I think that if they have these special advisors uh, at this kind of resources level, assessment level groups, if they are all head teachers, if they're all senior leaders, I'm not saying that senior leaders don't have that expertise, mm. but they are they a lot of them may well have been out of the class. It's a more step away, isn't it? I yeah. And you know, if, if you've been outside of that day-to-day practice and you haven't been as focused on that day-to-day practice as say five more years then it's much more difficult to have the depth of understanding of the challenges that teachers are facing right now so there's there's still lots of question marks over this it is certainly a very positive it's it's a step in the right direction isn't it when you go back to be positive it is isn't it you go back a couple of years you know when we're talking about the last curriculum changes we Mm. had i i was in the classroom full-time i can't remember Having any of this support, mm. it was just here's your guidance documents, or mm. here's the here's your documents, off you go. Yeah. I, one of the other things I think it might be worth mentioning as well that I know that Steph was talking about lots of the uh, you know the discussions, and saying, well, look, this is what we've tried and this is what we've tried. One of the things that just I just thought I wonder if that's going on is that whilst it's practitioners on the ground, you know, teachers in the classroom discussing these things maybe it, it would be worth thinking about, well, is that the right thing to do? Mm. Because I know that, you know, we've had lots of when we go into schools and they say, oh, well, you know, the school down the road is doing this and we thought we'd give it a try. And, you know, maybe it's a tick box approach. Mm. And I know that that wouldn't happen in this these discussions, but that kind of quality assurance from somebody who really does have the depth of knowledge, mm. I think that would also be a useful. So, you know, um, supporting the the wide range of people who are taking part in this these conversations, those who are at very much classroom mm. level, right through to leadership, and having that interaction between all of them, I think because things like assessment, it does make a difference whether it's something I do in my classroom or whether it's something that's useful for all classrooms, yeah. or whether you know as a middle leader I could use that information to think about the quality of teaching and the quality of the curriculum. So here we go it, yeah. but it's that recognition isn't it that you know we're, we're talking about assessment against your own school curriculum yes which is different and it will be different
1: to, to the, another school to another
0: school so how do you make that comparison and how do we support schools and teachers to be able to and I know that Stephanie was talking that. about exemplification and I know that this is something that a lot of schools have asked for but I think because you're expected to assess against your own school curriculum we need something in addition to that we need exemplification of your process in your school but also alongside that the implications for a generic replicable method One method yeah. you know what steps did you take in order to get yeah. to that point how to do it exactly so you know if you're if you're baking a cake you still have the basic cake recipe mm-hmm. you still know that you cream the eggs and the butter, uh, eggs and butter the sugar and the butter together mm-hmm. so setting a, uh, an effective learning objective knowing what it is that you're mm-hmm. assessing where did you get that from what documents did you look at mm-hmm. in order to do that so that that can be replicated no matter what the curricular content in no matter what school. Yeah. It's process, not product, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think on that point we've probably talked about this plenty. So it's really nice to be uh, positive about something that is actually happening, but there's still plenty to yeah. to wait and see if it happens. Yes. Let's let's hope it's a yeah, we won't move in the right direction. Our fingers are crossed. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales You can also follow us on social media On Twitter, we at Impact Wales On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement